This is episode six of 10 on our series of artificial intelligence in education. And since our July episode, the AI world has seen some really exciting new developments. So we're going to touch on that today, as well as the subtle art of prompt writing in education. It's a little bit of a different episode. So let us know what you think. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Altered Course. I am Beth Portree, and I'm with my brother, Chris McAloon. <laughs> and we took a break. Turns out that the summer is a really great time to start a podcast. And then once school starts, it's really hard to keep a podcast going. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But hey, we are, the plane is off the ground. We are at cruising altitude. And I think we can get back in the rhythm of doing some recording. Yeah, totally. And you started a new job. I did. And that's why it's been hard for you. You're back with kiddos. I am. I'm back in a building with the kids and the and the adults and the buses and the cafeteria and all the craziness and loving literally every second of it. It's great. Oh, I'm so glad. That's awesome. So yeah, since we last recorded, a lot has happened. One thing that's happened is OpenAI released a teacher guide, which for us is super helpful. You can go check it out. If you just Google open AI teacher guide, it's like really short, but it gives a really interesting overview of how students could use chat GPT in the classroom. And I think the way they write it is really comforting for me, especially if you have fears about AI taking over teachers' jobs. I think OpenAI themselves saying, no, 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 that's not what we want. Actually, you're really important. And here's some ways that we can make your job easier, I think was really helpful when I was reading it. But it also talks about prompt writing and it talks about some ideas. And so I think it's really kind of awesome just to like send that to some friends or look at it yourself. Absolutely. Well, and, and I, th I think it kind of reinforces a lot of the things that we've been talking about. So I, I, I felt kind of affirmed by just reading through it and being like, oh, yeah, yeah like, yep, human connection, kind of a thing. Very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very valid. And then there's like a ton of other stuff that's happened that Mr. You, the AI expert, knows knows more about I don't know again AI expert we probably need to pump the brakes a little bit but yes there are many things that have happened since our last recording and really since we last kind of dug into that first episode of what is artificial intelligence we haven't given a lot of updates in the market or in what's happening and there have been some exciting crazy stuff that has gone down just in the last two weeks really tell me about it Okay. I want to know everything. <laughs> All right. So kind of have three big ones and I'm going to start at maybe the least disruptive and go to the most disruptive. So the least disruptive, but actually, no, all three of these are insanely disruptive. <laughs> <laughs> none of, none of these are going to be very comfortable. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> all right. So, so the one that's Buckle in. probably going to impact people the most, um, Microsoft just announced that they are going to embed a, artificial intelligence run effectively through chat GPT into windows itself. 
So you, the operating system of your computer will have something called Copilot. And Windows Copilot is a artificial intelligence tool uh, that is right there embedded in your computer's operating system. So that just means that every Windows computer will have artificial intelligence embedded. So, you know, if we go back to the episode where we talked about, like, do we block it? Do we not block it? Well, you're not blocking your operating system. So, yeah. folks, it's coming. It's it's here to stay. And we're talking about a feature that is going to be, you know, embedded, not just in Windows. I mean, if Windows is doing it, if Microsoft is doing it, you bet that Apple's going to follow, Google will follow, like, you know, all all these computers will start updating and it's going to be a new way to interact with with your computer. So can you give an example? Like what, what does that mean? So what it means would be things like you could ask the computer to write an email to your sister and tell her that you want to meet up for a podcast uh, next week at eight o'clock. You could mm. ask it to find a file across all of your, your drive and all of your files. Could you find a budget report from two months ago and tell me the oh three highest? Oh my gosh, that would be highest... so nice. Oh dude, it's crazy. You could ask it to, you know, write a summary of the last five emails from this client. You know, think of ChatGPT has access to every app on your computer and every file that you have on your computer. Mm. And then you are able to interact with all of that data and all of that stuff in kind of that that human language sort of way. So you're talking to your computer in a whole different way instead of searching for things or going into Windows or opening up programs, you're telling the computer what you want it to do and then the computer's doing it. That's really ultimately what we're talking about. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really, great. really cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So then we take it to another development that came out that might go a little further down the, the creeper road. ChatGPT announced, or OpenAI announced that ChatGPT is now going to be uh, multimodal. And what that means is they've added the ability for ChatGPT to see through a camera, analyze pictures and images, and see through a webcam. They've added the ability for it to speak natural language so you can turn it on so it will talk. So I think coming to a podcast near you, I know we've talked about it in the past, but we really can do it now where we're going to we're going to interview ChatGPT on the podcast. <laughs> right. It also I'm I'm a little sad I won't be able to do my robot, <laughs> but I'm you did. I'm happy. for ChatGPT. You did very much prepare regularly on the, the <laughs> robot voice that you wanted to use if we interviewed Chad GPT and now it has its own robot voice. So yeah, there's that. Fine. And, and then it also has the, the ability to, to listen to you. So, it, you know, natural language recognition, you can turn it on and talk to it instead of just typing prompts in. The translation world is going to get wild. Oh, no, nuts. Because it, it, as it improves its ability to translate, I mean, you literally, right now there are AI tools already on the market where you can upload a video yeah. of yourself speaking, whatever, in English, and then hit a button and it's going to translate automatically to Spanish, but it's also going to edit your mouth to make it look like you're speaking the Spanish. So yes, like deep fakes your mouth. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, these are, these are all things that are, that are bubbling up, but I think the combination of a co-pilot embedded in Microsoft and embedded in your, your Windows computer connected to all of these updates and developments with, with ChatGPT. I mean, again, we're talking about revolutionizing the way we interact with our computers. Mm -hmm. 
it's it's almost like a like a mouse moment, you know, like when they invented the mouse. It's crazy mm-hmm. stuff, right? It's crazy stuff. And then the third one that I want to talk about that, okay, like, again, first episode, we talked about wanting to have the Transformers in the streets, right? That's a thing that you wanted. <laughs> so... <laughs> Is it here? So now, it, I mean, I don't know if you've heard of the Tesla bot or not. Specifically, they, I can't even believe it, but Elon Musk named this thing Optimus. So it, it's real. No way. <laughs> so the, the Tesla bot is named Optimus. Future? It's a real thing. And they. Chris, sh- are we predicting the future? It's possible. Like, is this pod- it's, it's maybe with this podcast <laughs> that we're actually causing the future to happen. I don't know. But. <laughs> They, they literally this robot Beth. It's 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 nuts. It's like a really weird network TV show from the nineties. You know, like <laughs> the things on our that we talk about, oh, like causing the happening. future, like some sort of weird <laughs> sci-fi show. Okay, yeah. sorry. okay. So, so Optimus, so Optimus is is a robot that Tesla is creating, and their goal. If you've not heard of this, there's some people probably are listening to this podcast is the first time they're hearing this. They're making a humanoid the first robot. Time I'm hearing this. What'd you say? The first time I'm hearing Seriously? this. Seriously? Okay. Yeah. So it's almost worth you Googling it right now so you can just get a picture of what this thing looks like. It is five foot, I think six or something like that, 135 pounds. The goal is to keep it reasonably affordable. I mean, it's still crazy expensive, but I want to say they're like $100,000 or something like that is what they're trying to make it so that you could actually buy one of these things and have it in your house. It literally walks this around. This is so spooky. Oh, yeah. No, it's real. <laughs> <laughs> These things are real. Yeah. <laughs> they, they can, they, the capacity of these things is pretty, pretty wild, but they plugged it into artificial intelligence now. And so it has, like, they just last week, they were showing it sorting blocks these cubes by colors right and that was like a a fundamental task they've been working on for a while of can we get it to use its hands to operate like a human hand pick up a block and sort green and blue blocks right now with ai what they were able to do is add a complexity to it where a human stands near them and moves the blocks around so they're not just in a set space they're moving and they're mixing it up or they're taking them back and it, they put the, it puts the green one on the green tray and then it, somebody grabs it and takes it off like a jerk. I don't know why, like they're like testing to see if it gets mad. I don't know. But anyway, so it, it's, it puts the green block on there and then someone takes the green block off and they put the green block back and, and it's using AI to recognize what's the blue block and the green block is, is really the, the aha moment. But these are affordable, reasonable robots that can perform human-like tasks in factories or in homes or that's kind of where this is all heading in you know elon's crazy brain like a rosie like a rose like uh like on jetsons yes like like rosie Rosie. like rosie on the jetsons that's literally yeah literally what they're making that's kind of the 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 idea at least this robot is like an evil version of it. This is not Rosie. I'm gonna invite a robot into my house. It better be a sweet, like maternal looking. Yeah, no, this one doesn't come with an Do apron. not give me this like evil yeah, it, humanoid. It does look a lot like a Terminator. Like really, it does. It 1,000%. has very Terminator and it does, vibes. The video I'm looking at, it's doing yoga. So like, I don't need Terminator 
doing yoga with me like that i don't understand I don't, I don't know why they had to do yoga i've seen the yoga video it's a little disturbing and yes it does i mean it looks like a straight up terminator like that's what it looks like again i would invite our audience to go ahead and pause and google tesla optimus and you'll get everything you need to know so try not to pass out so, it's fine also so, let's keep listening to our so if we, if we combine these things right if we start saying all right so we have a new fundamental way to interact with our computer through windows copilot and that copilot has access to be able to recognize images and voices be able to speak and listen and then we can take that operating system functionality and put it into Optimus. I mean, for real, we're, we're, we are sprinting towards a time that we described in the first episode that I was saying was really far away. And it's like, oh, well, maybe it's not that far away. I mean, I was saying, thinking it would just be like the little robot dogs, but that bro there is not no, the robot dog. Humans. Yeah, these are robot humans. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want to, I want to remind myself and you and probably everyone that robots cannot think for themselves at this no, point. No, no, no. And, and we got to back up for just a second. And remember, like I said in the first episode, we don't have artificial general intelligence that doesn't exist. So they're not decision-making. They're not like all of those things are, are real, right? Like they don't... you have to train yeah. the creepy robot that you have in your house. I don't know, I don't know where someone would put that. I, I do not want to wake up in the middle of the night and see that. <laughs> Just standing next to your bed, <laughs> watching you sleep. <laughs> I don't remember. I think dad said that his Roomba just like turns on randomly in the oh, middle no. of the night. And could you imagine if, if this, this human robot was turning around. on? <laughs> just walking around inside your house. Yeah, no. I cannot. So I, think, so I think for those listening at home, based on her face, I think I've successfully freaked <laughs> Beth out, just for the record. Like, that goes completely against our, what we've been trying to do with the podcast, <laughs> is make this seem not scary. <laughs> too far. You took it too far. I do think I personally will not have one of these in my house anytime. You personally are going to have some have weird dreams tonight with that creepy robot in your house, in your brain. <laughs> However, I'm sure there are many people who are very stoked about. Well, stoked okay, about so so if I put on my workforce hat, like that's really where my brain goes. Really, the the functionality of this is less about I think having that creeper thing in your house, and more about having that creeper thing running warehouses, right? Think of think sure, of Amazon, but... right? And think of the the human effort that is making Amazon work, right? Yeah, and they already use. A whole lot of, they call them cobots, which are yeah. kind of robots designed to do very specific tasks in connection and in conjunction with a human. And that's where the co comes in, right? So a human worker is working beside a robot and the two of them are working together to accomplish various tasks. Typically it has to do with like sorting and labeling, right? So like if you're, if you're Amazon mm -hmm. and you're shipping ungodly amounts of weird crap to people's homes all the time you have to have ungodly amounts of weird crap in warehouses everywhere and then you have to be able to take stuff from the warehouse and quickly put it in a box put a label on it and ship it right mm -hmm. and so there's all the logistics that go behind that involve a lot of 
picking certain things out and putting them in a box, right? Like that mm-hmm. is literally what happens. And so I think what the what this gets to is a layer where you don't need to worry about your labor either not being available, being too expensive, coming to work high or drunk, not coming at all, being unreliable. All of that sort of goes away if you get these robots. Now we have a new workforce problem, right? Where we are reducing the number of humans needed to perform the function that is what Amazon is doing, right? Now, it's true that we had an economy before Amazon. It's true that we're going to have an economy after Amazon, right? Mm. So, you know, if we Mm -hmm. go back in history, it's not like worker displacement is a new phenomena. We've had worker displacement in this world for a long time in many ways. Technology disrupts an economy and replaces workers at various stages, right? Mm -hmm. But what we're experiencing right now, and the robot I'm just talking about in factories or, you know, manual labor, from an AI perspective, we're also talking about reducing the number of white collar workers. That's going to be, that's the new phenomena right now in the economy that we're experiencing is AI is reducing the number of first year accountants needed. Mm-hmm. If you're getting an accounting degree right now, the odds of you getting a entry level position in accounting have gone down dramatically because it's not that AI can just do all the entry level accounting, but if you go with that cobot concept, a entry-level accountant with AI can do the work of five or six entry-level right, accounts. Right. Right. It's like copywriters. Precisely. But those people who are no longer going to be doing the work of the first-year accountant, it's not like they're just going to not work, right? Humans find other things to do and other ways to sell their skill and apply their skills in the economy. And that's our that's the challenge that we're in right now from a new economy standpoint. But that's a long way of saying that's why that robot looks the way it does and does the things it does because they're trying to put them in factories. Are they going to try and get it to clean up, like, to, like, be the trash man? Like, can you imagine? <laughs> you're, 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 you are stuck on Transformers in the street. You are stuck on it. <laughs> Looking outside. And that dude and just, is just standing there that dude, your that- window. <laughs> Holding a trash can. That creepy thing is taking my trash and putting it in a truck. I think I think we ruined the episode. Beth is Beth is so freaked out right now. Do you still have the picture of it up? You need to you need to close that window. Just close the window. Get it off your computer. Close. Oh my god. I can't stop. Okay. So I think today what we were what we were going to do before we got completely distracted (laughs) with your fear of robots was walk through how to actually write a prompt Mm. for the average person, right? Back to prompt writing. (laughs) Well, so I think what we can do, we don't have a lot of time left. So let's let's just keep it simple. I think the reason we wanted to do this, and I think it holds true now, even with our robot friend standing over your shoulder, the idea is that if it is true. And it holds true that the way that that the average person interacts with their phone or interacts with their computer, interacts with their information is changing, which I believe it is, a la co-pilot and things like that, right? Uh Then it is important that the average person begins to understand how to write a prompt. How do you ask a computer to do something? And that's even more important for our students to learn 
though I think they're going to come by it a little bit easier than the average teacher or administrator. Yeah. So we were talking earlier about how this is kind of like when we learned how to write search terms for the internet. Yeah. And how it was really hard to understand picking out, and still is for kids, picking out keywords and and putting things into that search engine that it's only going to understand. And then back in the day when it was like, yeah, to add random ands and ors oh, yeah, or bully, whatever, they get really good at it. Boolean characters, yeah. all that. Yeah, that was a whole thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But ChatGPT, it's kind of the opposite, right? Like you want to give it as much information as possible rather than yeah. just that limited important information. Yeah, you're, you're giving it context, which is a whole different different thing, right? Like giving it context about who you are and what its role is and what you want it to do. That's the key to getting success with an artificial intelligence. Now with something like a co-pilot that's going to be embedded on your device, you'll be able to preset some of that and give it who you are and what your background is and what your average thing that you'd be looking for is. It'll, it'll get to know you. And again, not in a creepy way, we're talking about math. (laughs) So like it's going to use information about you in the algorithm to then return results for you. But those results also include actions it can take for you. Okay. So I want to, I just want to give you an example of a prompt that I wrote. And I want you to tell me if you think it's good or not. I, before we went on a whole tangent about human robots, we were going to talk about making connections and we still can. And how ChatGPT can help students make connections. So I asked ChatGPT, this is my exact prompt, I host a podcast on how AI can transform education. My next episode is on how ChatGPT can support students in making connections with each other. Can you give me some examples of ways you can support this? And it gave me a 10, like it listed it out, 10 options, bolded, it had bullet points, it had a lesson and an example. And they were pretty good. But do you think that was a good, like what, in terms of prompt writing, what, what would you say? That's a good, yeah, that's a bad. No, I that's thought it was pretty good. I, I would give it a, I don't know, like a seven out of 10, maybe a six out of 10. Yeah, there, there are definite mm. things that we could do to increase the accuracy and the depth of the response that you would get from the the bot. But I think your your overall premise was really good. I like that you told it who you were and what you were trying to do. That's a really important mm-hmm. step. One thing that I would maybe add is telling it what you want its role to be and what its expertise is. Mm. So, you know, you might. Can I start a new chat? Can we do it again? Like, can you tell me what you would say? Yeah. So, so, you know, like I would start with what you'd said before you run a podcast and give it the topic of the podcast, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So just start with your prompt, but I would, I would add you are and, and, literally not you but the 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 bot you are a expert in artificial intelligence and education okay and then be real like kind of specific about what type of things you want to hear from it so in your response i would like for your tone to be professional and direct i would like for the ideas that you generate to be creative and i would like at a minimum of I mean, you like the number 10, so you could just write, I would like a minimum of 10 separate ideas. And then you might, if you really want to get detailed, you might say an example of a successful idea would be, 
and give an, an you know an example of what you want it to look like. I'm not going to give an example because that would take too yeah. long to figure out, but I'm just going to press enter. Yep. Okay. Well, it was much more professional. It said, of course, period. When there's a period and not an exclamation point, we know it's professional. Yep. Here are 10 ideas. See, maybe I wouldn't say professional. I kind of liked the other way. <laughs> you, you like the more fun version? <laughs> Yeah, I, want I you really to be a did. Friendly, fun. Yeah, one of them. What on the teacher guide? It said something about like you are a thoughtful and supportive yeah. instructional coach. Yeah, and was like so like the feedback it would give you as a teacher would be much thoughtful, more soft. thoughtful. Yeah. So I think that's an important thing, though. Like the tone and the kind of the feedback that you're going to get from it, or whatever you're wanting to get out of it. It took me a while to get used to having to tell it exactly what I'm looking for and then feel comfortable when you read through it. If it's not what you want, don't just give up on it. Instead, you you need to ask it to correct itself or say, you know, I was not clear. This is what I'm looking for, you know, and when you do that, you can generate better responses. In fact, there's a mm. there currently is is a, a line of thinking around prompt generation wherein you write into the prompt that you're going to have it uh, review its response five times and edit and refine it five separate times. And so you, you go through, you give the prompt once, you get the feedback, you have it review it and re regenerate, review and regenerate. You give it maybe one or two things each time you have it regenerate, but you, you can refine the response five times. And by the fifth one, you're going to have some really, really good stuff. That's how you can get to the really good stuff. Now, that's if you're trying to like really dig in and write some professional things with it or um, generate some really, really high level code. The five generation prompting really came out of the coding world and a lot of trying to generate high level Python and things like that, that you can, you could literally use what's wild is with the ability to see now there've been some videos on the internet where, where software designers have literally like wireframed or drawn out a website on a whiteboard, taken a picture mm -hmm. and told chat GPT to write the code. And within five prompts by the fifth one, it's generated fully functional okay. code to run this website that the dude just drew on a board that's crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, even like the small potatoes things I've done where it has like set me Excel code for something that I'm asking it yep. and I just copy and paste it and it tells me where to copy and paste it. And then I look like a genius Yeah, yeah. because you're, you're doing <laughs> the most I've... advanced Excel things that you've ever done in your life. Yeah. And really you're <laughs> exactly. not doing it. It's doing it, right? Right. All I did was ask Chad well, to do the right question. And, and that brings me to the whole back to Copilot, right? So yes, right now, the the, the way right. you would do that is by going to Chat GPT and asking it you know, to do that. But eventually that functionality is going to be embedded inside of Microsoft Excel. So mm -hmm. you're, you're not leaving Excel. You're inside of Excel and you're saying, I need this just... information. And then Excel is programming itself it's going to do the all the things and it's going to give you what you want and then similar to this five generation you know telling it to refine things if it comes back with something and you look at it and you go this isn't the information that i really need or i have other questions which 
If you're anyone who has ever used Microsoft Excel to report information to a group of people or another person in any type of meeting situation, regardless of what the data is, every time you give them data, they will always, and I mean always, ask a follow-up question because all good data leads to another question. And it's always a question that you have not prepared data for. (laughs) (laughs) Even if you have data in your back pocket, ready to answer the questions you thought they were going to ask, there's always the one question that you're like, oh, no, I didn't. Nope, nope, don't have that. Does actually. not say that, nor does it have that information. But thank you for the extra four <laughs> hours of my day. I'm going to have to spend figuring that little nugget out, right? The the nice part uh-huh. is now you you literally will be able to do that to Microsoft Excel to to ChatGPT because it's embedded, right? It's it's just part of the feature set. Oh my gosh, I just like love how nerdy we get about. This. Oh, it's crazy, <laughs> and the future it, it's just nuts. I mean, it's just going to change operationally how so many things work. You know, I, no, one hundred percent. I it like makes me wonder what are we gonna do? <laughs> like, like well, if the four hours a day is not spent making said Excel sh- spreadsheet. Oh, save me from smoking myself you know? in the face five times a day. Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, I mean, it, I don't know. It's just most... so much more time to be creative. That's right. I just like I think that's so creative cool. and connect. You know, one of. One of the leaders that I, I really admire in our district, he once said to me, you know, as a as an administrator, when you're working in a building or you're working even at central office, but certainly in a building, the days for people, the evenings for paper. You don't do your paperwork during the day. You, you do your paperwork at night. The daytime is spent with people because that's really your job mm. are the people, right? And I thought, one, that's really good advice. And two with artificial intelligence that becomes even more real right like you can really dedicate that time to people and again our jobs become about human connection because that's what the artificial intelligence can't do so our jobs become more about human connection and less about crunching numbers and data and hand entering stuff and sorting things into boxes yeah, and I think that's a really great place to stop. And next time we can actually get into <laughs> ways that ChatGPT can support human connection. I know we've said that many times. Now. Yeah, no, seriously, and that's what we'll do. We will we will actually talk about supporting human connection next time. And and yeah. I think too we we will we'll delve a little bit into, you know, how do we change the school system, and what are the big what are the big pieces that stand in the way of a human connection centered education. Oh my gosh, so many ideas. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye, bro. I love you. I'm going to have nightmares about (laughs) humanoid robots tonight. So thank you. You're welcome. All right. Love you. Bye.